promise you that. And if you complain, here's one little Jane that will leave you flat. I'll be hard to handle, I'm making it plain. Now just be a dear and scram out of here. Which husband was that? My first, the broker. Took a swan's eye from the penthouse. He lost everything. Couldn't face it. Is that where you got your service stripes? Ah, had him up to my elbow once. My first husband gave me some. But Prince Casimir, my third husband, gave me a whole box of jewelry on our wedding night, right before I said yes. It started as a spree in Agua Caliente. My manicure lasted longer than the marriage. But I kept the jewels in his name. Princess Casimir sounds so much better than Dolores Giardini. You divorced the second one too? Yeah, back in New York. I was thinking six nights a week so he could work on his writing. Turns out the only thing he was writing down were phone numbers from hatchet girls and cocktail waitresses. How long did you support him? Two years. Like a dope. How'd you get to be a mannequin? Well, I was cast in a review, rehearsed for six weeks, and then it closed before it opened. Never saw a dime. I was broke. Then one day, I answered an ad for a receptionist at a shirt company on 7th Avenue. Did you get it? No, they wanted a girl who knew shorthand. But then I stopped in the powder room down the hall on my way out. A gal in there was complaining about a big head from a night out. Her feet were swollen and her shoes were too tight. I said, I could fix you up. Hair of the dog? Better than that, I used a chorus girl trick. I sent the attendant for a bucket of ice. I told the mannequin to stick it out for two minutes, and then I plunged her feet in the ice bath. What happened? She screamed and passed out. Shocked to her system? What's that? Take the pins out of your mouth, Lois. I said, shock to the system? Oh, I thought I'd killed her, but she came to. Was she sore, Cash? Not at all. Fixed her right up, just like I said. Her feet weren't swollen and her headache and queasy stomach vanished. So we started talking and I told her I was looking for work. She modeled in one of the wholesale dress outfits. She showed you the ropes? She sure did. She said I walk like a duck, round shoulders, heels first. She showed me how to slouch from the middle, you know, shoulders back. I can't pay anything close to what you made singing. Nah, but what choice did I have? Plus, it beats working until four in the morning. I got a job in a powder room back in New York. This one, in fact. You met Claire in a powder room? I did. Are you sure you want to tell this story? Why not? We all have a past. Yours has been colourful. I could say the same for you, Claire. Where was I? Powder rooms. When I was hard up, a fancy powder room was a sure thing. For finding a job? For finding some moolah. Or a bauble I could convert to a little do-re-mi. Lois, you were a thief? How terrible. Why did you rob dames? Why not the fellas? I preferred to restrict my talents to a man's coat pockets, but sometimes it was necessary to pluck a dame. I hope you weren't casing my bracelets. Don't worry, I'm reformed. I have my hands full with you girls and the clients. Lois was, among other things, a pennyweight and a pickpocket. What's a pennyweight? A name for people with a special talent. I saw Lois's firsthand. It's the name they used for measuring the weight of precious metals and gems. Then it became a label that stuck on people who can tell about a piece of jewellery by touch. Like if it's real. How many carats? The cut? 
boys in the rackets would ask me to case the society dame's hardware. You know, those girls who were into slumming it with gangsters. I'd bump into the girls at a speak after they were in their cups. Sometimes I'd switch a fake for the real thing. There I was in the powder room at Bonwood Teller after their four o'clock tea. Some of the ladies had gin in their porcelain cups instead of orange pico. It picks me up after a hard day spending the husband's money, I presume. One of those dowagers was sitting at the mirror trying to put on her lipstick straight. She wore three strands of pearls. Pearls are always an easy fence. Most dames could never tell one strand from another. But then I saw her brooch, a ruby capuchon surrounded by sapphires and diamonds. It was the size of a policeman's badge. I had to have it. I wasn't even going to sell it. In fact, I still have it here in the safe. Lois was a smooth operator. She kindly offered to adjust the woman's hat veil. The dowager didn't even notice that Lois took the brooch while she fixed her up. Rich dames can be careless. I followed Lois out of the powder room and grabbed her by the elbow. I thought it was a pinch from one of the house detectives. You've got brains in your fingers, I said. She bought me lunch and gave me an earful. Now, a dressmaker's success depends on her fitter. If Lois was an expert fleece, she'd have no trouble learning the dress trade. There must have spun a tale. I can't imagine how she made pins and needles sound more exciting than precious gems. Those gangsters always treated me like I was a thicko. Why should I stick my neck out and take the risk for 20%? Wasn't no future in it. Here, every day I get to see something take shape. Something I made. You take pride in your work. It shows. Plus, Claire doesn't expect me to be a phony with the clients like some shops. That, yes, madame, no, madame, carry on. Let the other shops bow and scrape. Here we sell honesty with the dresses. I would never sell an outfit that wasn't flattering or didn't fit well. I can tell when something fits and when it looks right. But I could never dream up the styles like you, Claire. Don't make me blush. Mrs. G will be here any minute. You're really considering it? I'd be a fool not to. What's brewing? A new wardrobe? Oh, a big gown for one of her fancy parties? She wants to talk about a different kind of business. Mrs. G rang the other day. She asked if I'd be willing to give up shop. Why do you want to give up the shop? You've worked for this your whole life. She said Sam's looking to hire a designer. Every studio has one these days. He can't really claim to be a quality outfit without one. Stars want to know they'll be dressed by a name, not to be stuck with something off the rack from Bullock's, Wilshire. Oh, that's the big time. Women all over the world will see your clothes. 7th Avenue will copy them. You've hit the jackpot, Claire. What did you say? That I'd like to hear more. Owning this shop was a dream come true, but running it is something different. I'd like someone else to worry about the bills. Are you sure you won't have to worry about a budget? Won't some producer be breathing down your neck over costs? Are you ready to have a boss again? Work for men? No, I'm not sure about anything yet. We talked for five minutes on the phone. Besides, if I did take it, you'd come with me, Lois. Oh, that's probably her now. Quick, Gail, put on that spring breeze number. It doesn't look good to have a mannequin in a smock. Cash, get the door. On it. Hello, ladies. Claire, shall we talk in your office or stay here? If it's all the same to you, Francis, we can talk here. Ruth Chatterton is coming by. I need to check her order. On the phone you said Sam was looking for a designer? 
He didn't know he was until I told him. Why now? Have you seen Roman Scandals? It premiered after Christmas. Oh, sure. Eddie Cantor, Gloria Stewart. Did you notice the Goldwyn girls? The showgirls? They look great. Nice foil for Eddie's mugging. How about the scene where they appear in nothing but wigs? Men sure go for that Lady Godiva routine. It made me furious. What is this? I said to Sam. Some Coney Island cooch dance racket? Mrs. G, you're a scream. Sam, I said, fine. You want to show their shape to sell tickets. Raise the eyebrows in the audience. I understand, but respect the girls. Make it glamorous. Let them shine in great costumes. What did Sam say? He argued that they were slave girls at auction. They wouldn't have fancy costumes. I said, whose fantasy is this? How much realism do we need? Did it go over? Like a lead balloon. But then I said, look, why else did you adapt Siegfeld's Whoopi? For the glamour, the spectacle. If Florenz had done it, he would have put the girls in body stockings with beads and gems at the very least. I bet that got under his skin. Sometimes the only way to get to Sam is to bring in the competition. He likes to forget that Whoopi had Siegfeld's name first. Anyway, I'm right. No, you won't get an argument from me. When I saw the girls in nothing but those wigs, I thought, there goes a missed opportunity. It was for the men, not for us. I wondered if they were cold. I wondered how much spirit gum it took to keep that hair in place. It's easy for executives to forget that women go to the theater to see the clothes. I walked on the soundstage one day and saw the Goldwyn girls lined up in their bathing suits, while Eddie Cantor examined them like they were thoroughbreds at the gate. Hard on the girls. I'm sure it was. One girl tried to lighten the strain. She tore off pieces of red crepe paper from the prop closet and stuck them all over her face, chest, and arms, like she had the measles. A spitfire. Good for her. What a character. I talked to her during the lunch break. She was a mannequin like you, Cash, back in New York. She worked at Hattie Carnegie's shop. She modeled as Diane Belmont. Now she's built under her real name, Lucille Ball. Mm, we never met, but she sounds like a good egg. The girls deserve better. I also told Sam that Harry Cohn knew he needed a designer so he could get stars on loan outs. Why should stars leave the comfort of their home studio to be left at the mercy of some no-name schmuck? Doesn't Sam need stars? Nice angle. More about the competition. He was nettled but didn't budge. Then I quoted him. He can't argue with his own rules. How so? Sam always says everyone in the studio has a job. They need to stick to one thing. A director doesn't write, he directs. A writer doesn't direct, he writes, and so on. He does nothing but shout at men who want to branch out. I see. Sam was using John Harkrider to do the costumes on Roman Scandals. Harkrider's contract is for set design. Is costume part of the set all of a sudden, or am I missing something, I asked Sam. Men hate when you beat them with logic. I was in a state. We had it out in his office alone. Who knows what he would have done in front of the cast and crew. Was he sore? Funny thing, he wasn't. He was flattered because you listened to him. Men are so vain. That's it exactly. He took it as a sign of devotion. He thanked me for being such a good helpmate. He had taken a shortcut by having Harkrider do the costumes. He knew just how to fix it. Almost sounds like an apology. 
except he had someone lined up and had the phone in his hand until I stopped him. Who? Dimitri Cosmo. He's a costumer at Monogram Studio. Do you know him? I've heard things. Oh? Never mind. Did Sam hire Dimitri? Sam said he wanted Dimitri because he met him at a party. He was charming. He said the studios have men designing for their pictures. Oh, sure. Adrian, Travis Banton, Ori Kelly, Walter Plunkett, Howard Greer. But there are women, too. Gwen Wakeling, Dolly Tree, Edith Head. Sam used to have Sophie Wagner run his costume department. He said she was temperamental. He's never seen Ori Kelly with one week to dress Bulby Berkeley's showgirls. Really? I hear things. I didn't try to argue. Since he would hardly settle for the first name that came to mind with any other position, why start now? I suggested that you should be considered, Claire. I know a scriptwriter who said Sam will get a dozen people to write a screenplay, and then choose the one he likes best. Is that true? Yes, he does that. Does Sam have a project in mind? He bought a play. You know Sam is crazy about Broadway. Proven audience. No, which one? It Pays to Sin, ran in November. I saw it. So did I. No fooling? My sister had a baby. I went to New York for a visit. I always catch the shows when I'm there. You too, Helen? I went for the opening. My friend was in the cast. It closed after three performances. Sam got it cheap and he's planning on revisions. He likes that it was adapted from a Hungarian play. Made him think of what Lubitsch does. The show was flawed, but I can see Sam's interest. It has potential. He wants you and Dimitri to come to the studio for a meeting. With our portfolios? That sounds like a bad idea. Why? Because the men have already met. They'll be glad-handing and gossiping about studio business. I'll be there. And they'll ignore us like we were wives at a cocktail party. No offense, Francis. I see what you mean. Why do you think I'm taking an active role in production? If you don't work in a studio, you're invisible. Gee, that must be hard. Diamond slippers pinch. I may have an idea to avoid the boys' club mentality. Go on. Two years ago, Lady Lucy Duff Gordon published her memoirs. Do you remember her? She was a big name in fashion as Lucille. Oh, I do. My mother used to crow when she got something from Lucille's. She had the most handsome-looking doorman standing in front of her shop in Manhattan. Spotless gray uniforms. Lucille had the whole place done up in light gray. If I'm honest, it's what gave me the idea to do my place over in Lilac. I got tired of white, white, white like everything else in town. Lucille's book gave me the boost to go with color. Lilac's my idea of a neutral. It's a beast. She's quite a story. Divorced, had a mother and a daughter to support, started making tea gowns for her friends, and slowly she built an empire. Lucy had a flair for publicity. She talked about the early days of her business when she invited London society to a mannequin parade and everyone went crazy. Yeah, but you put on mannequin parades five days a week, Claire. It's not exactly a new idea. For men, it's new. Especially executives like Sam. Has he ever been to one, Francis? I should say not. He signs the bills. That's as close as he gets to fashion. Sketches in a portfolio are two-dimensional. Flat, they don't tell a story in the same way. Lucy had a great point. She said when she conceived the idea of a mannequin parade, it would be like a night at the theater. The audience would find drama and emotion in the mannequins and the clothes. That stuck with me. You want to give Sam a mannequin parade? No, why not? If he gives screen tests for starlets, why not for designers? Then he can see how the clothes work for the story. 
I can't beat Dimitri at backslapping, but I stand by my clothes and my mannequins. You want us to do it for Goldwyn? Why would I use the Goldwyn girls? They already have a job. I don't know, Claire. I'm not an actress. I'm a writer. I've never acted before. I'm a dancer. And I'm a canary. Let me ask you something. When you're in the showroom modeling a glamorous evening gown, are you thinking about paying the light bill? Or what you eat for dinner? Not me. I imagine Gary Cooper in a tuxedo standing across the room giving me the once-over. What do you think about, Helen? I think about what happens to a woman in the dress, where she's going, what she wants. I picture myself at Ciro's on the dance floor with George Raft, having my picture taken for Photoplay magazine. What do you think acting is? You're doing it each time the curtain opens out front. Spot on, Claire. You picture a scene and project yourself into it. What if we're lousy and Sam shouts at us? He won't do that, gal. Not for a fashion show. My dear friend George once said to me when I started in the theater and he was directing me that a beautiful woman didn't need a reason to be admired on stage. A beautiful woman is a work of art. Anything else she does is a bonus. A man, he said, had to have talent, too. It wasn't enough for a man to be handsome. Cuker knows his onions. Why shouldn't Sam get a look at the three of you? Maybe it'll lead to something. I'd rather work with girls I know, and I'll pay you a week's salary for the screen test. <laughs> Count me in. Me too. Okay. Let me write a note to Sam and suggest the screen test for a mannequin parade rather than a traditional meeting. It'll prove I'm serious and that I've got ideas. Very professional. He'll like that. Shall we say two weeks? That'll show him I can meet deadlines. I knew I made a good choice when I asked you, Claire. Can't wait to hear how Dimitri reacts to this setup. Who cares? If he can't rise to the challenge, he's out. Miss Golden, would it be too bold if I asked for a crack at the screenplay? You want to write the script in two weeks? January's a full month in the shop. It would help Claire, too, for the screen test. I don't see why not. As long as you realize, I can't promise you anything. And please, call me Francis. Sure, Francis. Um, I understand. It can't hurt to try. Oh, will Anna Stein be at the studio when we do the mannequin parade? I'd love to get a look at her. I'd like to get a look at Anna Stein, too. Hello, ladies. We have a front door, mm -hmm. Lil. No need to stand on ceremony. Sorry, I must have left the door unlocked when I came in this morning. Nice to see you, Lillian. Likewise, Francis. How's the build-up for Anna going? She's with a voice coach all day. Slow going, I'm sure. Lois, would I be able to have this pair of beach pajamas taken in? I love them so, but they do let me down. If you'd knock off reducing your clothes would fit... Put them on and I'll pin them. Here you are, Francis. Let's hope Sam goes for it. Leave it with me. I'll sort them out. See you all soon. Bye, Francis. Bye, Francis. Francis. Sam Goldwyn has no idea how lucky he is. Claire's doing a fashion screen test for Sam. You should come watch it, Lil. Nah, Dad, Sam would like that. Bad blood still. He holds a grudge over one heavenly night. It's hardly my fault the picture tanked. He's the same way with sick people. He acts like it's contagious. Yes, well, <clears throat> be that as it may, I like Francis very much. Luckily, I get to see you at Cucas for Sunday brunch. So you're going to sign with Goldwyn, Claire? If he likes my designs more than Dimitri Cosmos. Dimitri Cosmo? Oh, the worm. Why, I wouldn't trust him to dress a salad, let alone start it. 
He's an absolute beast. And not a real designer either. He's a pants presser. He wouldn't know a box pleat from a day. Then why didn't you tell Francis? Because I don't want to get the job that way. Besides, I can't prove the rumours. What rumours? First time I heard he was bad news was back on Broadway when I was in the Follies. Dimitri wasn't billing himself as a designer then. He was a bag man for the mobsters. He took a shine to one little cookie in another show. I was seeing her on the quiet, but he didn't know that. Anyway, she turned him down and he took revenge. Did he get her fired? Worse. You know that story about what Al Jolson did to Barbara Stanwyck when she was a Kareen? How he put his cigar out on her chest? Makes me sick just thinking about it. And like to push that guy off a pier with bricks in his pockets. Well, Dimitri did the same thing to my old flame Ellie. He burned her face with his cigar, both cheeks. Mm. And off she went home to Rhode Island, she was a wreck. We've had clients who worked with Dimitri talk about how he insists on naked costume fittings and monogram, and how his hands wander. I thought male designers were Ethel's. Oh, don't be a dumb scale. They don't all go for the boys. A client came in one day in the spring. She's married to a producer in MGM, real nervous. She asked for a grace period on paying her bill. Was there a particular reason she couldn't pay within 30 days, I asked? She didn't want to say. Eventually, she broke down, hysterical. I gave her a glass of brandy, and then she told me. Dimitri? What did he do? Blackmail. They had a fling. You know the drill. Lonely wife, husband at the studio, 15 hours a day. Dimitri had her letters. If she didn't pay him $10,000, they'd be delivered to her husband's office at Metro. Never put it in writing. Ugh, the poor thing. You should say something to Francis. I don't want it that way. So she tells Sam not to hire him. Then what? Either Frances learns her husband doesn't care about what Hollywood wolves do and it sours things, or else I'm on contract simply because I was preferable to a wolf. Nothing doing. I want to get the contract because I deserve it, because my designs are better than Dimitri's. If you took out every man in Hollywood who used his position to get dames in the sack or lined his pockets, there would be ten of them left standing. I'd lay a bundle on what Dimitri will show for the screen test, too. It'll be three-ounce costumes, peekaboo, numbers, cup to the navel. He won't think about the story or the characters, just flash and flesh to arouse the producers. Then might go for the hotsy-totsy look. Then it wasn't meant to be. I can't work under those conditions. But no one, least of all Francis, could say I didn't give it everything. Oh, do something tasteful like that slinky black satin gown, K-war in the keyhole. With the wide straps in the back. Simple white bias cut. White always looks so dramatic for an evening gown. There's 20 yards of that imported oyster satin in the back. How about that one cut very low in the back, like Harlow and Dinner at Eight? When I show a new line, the gowns that get the most applause from the ladies are never the ones with the most orders. Ladies don't buy the ones they really like? Mm, that's right. If I do something bold with feathers, fur and beads, the ladies go wild at the showing. But when they place orders, it's for the black crepe with a white bib collar or an evening gown in oyster satin. Too afraid to be bold? Or they worry that they can only wear it once or risk some dame saying, oh, the feathers again? They want their money's worth. Not everyone has constant Bennett's quarter mil wardrobe allowance. That's the key to designing for the pictures. Many women have, what, two or three dresses and a suit or two that they freshen by changing collars and cuffs? But on the screen... Women crave dramatic costumes. 
The wow factor. A gown must be more of what it is to go over on the screen. Dolly Tree told me that Chanel didn't get a Hollywood contract because her clothes didn't make a big splash on the screen. They were too simple. Should I wear their feathers? We don't have any in stock. Might take time to get them. Mm, no feathers. You know Francis hates them. How can she hate feathers? Mrs. G must squirm during a Dietrich picture. It's delicate. Her mother used to tease her with them. I don't follow. Yeah, forget it. Feathers are out. And I also don't want to use too much fur. Oh, but darling, fur looks so elegant on film. You simply cannot do without. I can't risk Sam worrying that he'll I'll run up his budget with creative and expensive fur. My goal is to show him creative designs that work with the camera, like tabletop dresses. Tabletop dress? Accent above the waist. What the camera sees in close-ups, or like when a dame is sitting in a supper club. Want me to get Rosie to finish that pearl seed collar? Oh, yes, good thinking, Lois. And see how much silver lame that's left on the bolt in the back. Silver lame, now you're talking. Not for a gown, though. I have something else in mind. A trench coat. Oh, that'll knock Sam's eye out. Maybe we should go over the story. Then I can start on the script and you can tackle the sketches. Shoot. Mitzi is a cabaret star who wants to be respectable. She meets a former showgirl roommate for lunch. The friend is a settled married lady with children and lays it on thick about the simple life. Hmm, Mitzi worries what she's missing, the grass is always greener and so forth. She vows to go straight, get a real job and a husband. She sees a picture in the paper about a handsome young doctor who delivered a baby in the back of a taxi cab. A knight in shining armour with a little black bag. Oh, brother. So Mitzi goes to the doctor's office to see if he's as good as he looks in the paper. When she enters, he thinks she's the new receptionist. Case of mistaken identity. Mitzi goes along with it, answering phones, making appointments, soothing the kiddies up in the waiting room. Does the doc fall for Mitzi? He looks right through her. Mitzi's in disguise? Glasses, prim clothes, high collars, the old duckling routine, is that it? Oh, I like this story. Does she get him? One night, Mitzi fills in for an old pal who's headlining the club. Her friend Tanya had a botched abortion and can't go on. But Tanya doesn't want one of the other girls in the show to take over because she'd never get back the star billing. Tanya knows Mitzi doesn't want to be on stage anymore, so she's safe to fill in. Mitzi's frustrated. She's sick of playing the good girl in boring clothes. So she busts out her glad rags again for one week on the stage. Now we're talking a return to glamour. One night during that week, Doc is dragged to the club by an old med school buddy in town for a conference. He isn't scandalized by seeing his receptionist bump and grind. Can I play Mitzi for the screen test? I can put over a song. You know it, Claire. Start practicing, Cash. It's a woman's pick. Naturally, the doc falls for Mitzi once he sees her on stage. Sure, who wants a frump when he can have a star? Oh, this is so exciting. I can't wait to see how it turns out. It has a nice theme. To thine own self be true. Lois, are you quoting Shakespeare? Take note, it also has the theme not to judge a book by the cover, Helen. Fair enough. I didn't mean to give you the hi-hat. Let's get to work, ladies. We have a story to tell in 20 minutes and we don't have much time. Thanks for listening. Mannequins is a Sassmouth Dames production written and directed by Megan McGurk, starring Clara Higgins as Claire Delahunt and Lillian Tashman. Jennifer O'Mara as Lois Kenny, Jean Sutton as Helen Flaherty, Olympia Kiariakou as Gail Lindstrom, 
M. Sean as Princess Casimir, Megan McGurk as Francis Goldwyn. Art design by Clara Higgins, sound editing and special effects by Dan McCauley.